A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will proudly offer you a 10% discount as a listener or viewer to this show. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball, where you can book one of their ama- many amazing services, Michael. Such I, was re- a- I was recommending their services, you know, yesterday. Funnily enough, um, Lucy's friend is he's buying a house, and Lucy asked me if I had any recommendations for. Which um, one's Lucy? Is that your girlfriend or your wife? Uh, it's the wife one. It's the right, wife yeah. one. Yeah, she asked me if I had any, any recommendations for a solicitor, and I was like, you're joking. People actually shout this at me as I'm down the street. This is how little she knows about this podcast. I was like, we've been sponsored by solicitors for several years. What does she think you do? I don't know, really. Just talk about football, yeah. which is kind of true. But, you know, it goes off in different directions, sometimes a legal one. But yeah, I did recommend Levi Solicitors, and I said you can get 10% off if you mention the Square Ball podcast. And she said, can you get it even if you don't listen? I said, yeah, you can. Yeah, It's come from me. Yeah, tell your friends, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball for that one. Uh, thanks to Levi's as well for their support. Into 2024, New Year. Happy New Year to everybody, to all concerned. And um, in New Year's honours is Wilco's OBE, former League United manager, former England manager, former FA technical director, League Managers Association uh, head honcho, Wilco. And we've done an, uh, an extended piece on Wilco on this week's members show, which will be coming out after this in the next couple of days, where we talk about... Um, his legacy, the OB, trying to explain to American people what an OBE <laughs> could possibly be about. We've spoken quite extensively on that show about this, that, Michael, So as has Moscow, but you're not on that one, Rob. So as somebody who's very much post-Wilco, how do you view Howard Wilkinson? It's a weird one. I think that whole era, obviously, read a lot about it, heard a lot about it, heard you lads talk a lot about it. And it wasn't necessarily until we got promoted under Bielsa where I could finally understand like, oh, that's how you guys feel about Wilco or, you know, watching Pablo. And I'm like, oh, so that's why you feel like you do about Strachan. Because it's funny, like if you, I bought a load of old issues of the square ball from like the early 90s off eBay and you read some of them after the title winning season and it's like, oh, Lee Chapman's done, Strachan's done, Wilco, what's he doing? And it's a bit, you look back and you think, bloody hell, like what an ungrateful set of bastards we are. <laughs> And then, yeah, like when we went through our promotion season under Bielsa, it's like, all oh, right, I get it now. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting point made by Phil on um, on the was it the post-Christmas show where Phil sort of said, actually, as a football fan, your mind tends towards the negative where you think when you lose, ah, oh, this is the sort of, this is the real leads. This is the real hearts as it was in, in, in Phil's case. All that good stuff that went before it was just a mirage. It wasn't real. This is what we're really like. You and even, you even you, get it listening to the Man City fans now. 
Yeah. And I'm going, mm-hmm. oh, we're trash. We're done. We're finished as a team. Like you won literally everything last year. So yeah. no. And you're at like a point off top and probably will win it anyway. So just learn to live with it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. That is something I've I've tried to do as I've got older is appreciate the here and now. And I wish I had that presence of mind when all this Wilco stuff was going on. Because you, you, you say you say you're appreciating the here and now. How miserable are you after that West Brom game? No, no, but I'm aware of my misery. It doesn't <laughs> oh, okay. like, so when you're when you're aware of it, you can you can look at it and go, Oh, this is stupid. Mm. This is really, really stupid and juvenile. I shouldn't be letting it affect my mood like this. And do you know what? I'm not going to let it affect my mood like this, but it still affects my mood mm. completely. And like absolutely flying after the uh, yeah, flying after the Ipswich game, down in the doldrums after after West Brom. But at least I'm aware of it. You can rationalise it, but still feel it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I, know, I know I shouldn't be feeling like this, but it does it does lessen the effect of it a little bit. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, and, and life events as well make you realise that it's all just a daft knockabout, isn't it? You know, having kids and like when, when Sam, my little lad, was in hospital, it's like, that's kind of the important stuff, not this. Yeah. And yet, this consumes me in a way that, <laughs> that is absolutely pathetic as a grown man. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad to Wilco for, for his legacy. And one of the discussions we got into is how do you commemorate him now? And we should do it now while he's alive to appreciate it, whether that is a, a statue or whether it is um, the training ground if they do upgrades to that or maybe move or whatever it is or rename it, just commemorate it in his honour, whatever it is. Oh, the Radrazani has already offered to name it after Bielsa, hasn't he? Yeah, which, I mean, I love I love Bielsa with my very soul in a way that I don't think I've ever loved a Leeds United manager since or before. And yet, that honour should go to Wilco. I don't think Bielsa's written back to Radrazani, has he? No. And not, I not in the text. And I think if he does, you'll find Radrazani is <laughs> not in a position to name that training ground anymore. No. So, um, yeah, well, I think I think naming it after Wilco would make a lot of sense, really. Because yeah. none of it none of it is there without him. Well, we talk about that, and we have quite an expanded discussion. It's about forty five minutes or thereabouts, wasn't it, on Wilco over on um, on the member show this week? A little uh, little change of style and pace there over on that one. Have a look for that one. Uh, if you're a TSB Plus member, you will find it in your feed. Uh, I think Saturday. I'm going to say ahead of the uh, the FA Cup game. Elsewhere, we've been in the Mail. Great bunch of lads. Um... Daily Mail sometimes I'm not, I'm not an avid reader no no not no, really. no. Uh, yeah there's another puff piece in the in the mail is it the same journalist we think Rob I think so it's Mike Keegan this yeah. time who I've not bothered to check so I don't want to read the last piece from the summer but I think it was him yeah and, and it's another puff piece but again you, you sort of scan your way through the article it's, it's also about the 49ers and Levi Stadium being data led the new appointments at Ellen Road yeah fine all stuff we knew but then there are there are details as you start to get sort of three quarters of the way through about the priority in this window is to sign a left-back. They're talking about substantial squad changes if and when we make it back to the Premier League. Tram transport hub. I mean, the tram is it's kind of it's a bit Springfield monorail, isn't it? The Listen, tram in Leeds. Leeds isn't getting a... Leeds is not as a city is never getting a tram. Leeds United are never buying left-backs. It's lies. Will we, get, will, lies. We, will we get the 55,000-seater stadium that's discussed in this article? Oh, we're going to build a new West Stand. We're going to have a tram. We're going to have a left-back. All complete fiction. <laughs> These are things that have been talked about since I was a child, and they're never going to happen. It's fine. We're going to have Tony DiRigo, a bus, and an asbestos-filled West Stand. You, you, you Norman, said, you, oh, you're the problem with Leeds United. You're, Do you think I've held back the public transport yeah. in Leeds? Yeah, your cynicism is what's holding. It's the only thing holding back all this stuff happening. I mean, it might happen. But it's nice to know they've got ambitions, though. I was going to say, Michael, you're a big advocate for uh, public transport, given after the live show, you made me and Flora walk back into town with you because you refused to pay for a taxi, which I think me and Flora would have happily paid ourselves. But That, that was um, from Wellington Street, so by the old Yorkshire Evening Post building, just slightly beyond that towards Armley. Yeah. 
if you're familiar with the sex that shop, good walk. the sex shop pulls some cocktails, mm. which obviously I know you're a regular. Well, you know, it was Christmas, wasn't it? <laughs> Getting something for your mum. A few things for the family. All the mums. <laughs> yeah. All the mums. <laughs> um, and then you walked from about there, at the edge of Armley to, to Mojo. We could have got on a tram. Mm. Yeah, if one existed. If one existed. Yeah. But legs exist, so I used them. Oh, the monorail. Did, did, though, very thoughtfully get some cans for the journey. Well, you got two cans between three of us. Well, I thought I was walking and by myself. And you my... had one yourself. <laughs> I thought I was walking by myself, so initially both cans were for me. <laughs> but... you, you can have the dregs of mine. What a guy. He's such a, such a good host. I can't wait to come around and experience Christmas at yours. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, got a, I haven't got a can for you. But you can have the leftovers of mine. The, the likely lads bit where he said, "Offer you a can, but I've only got six. Yeah. Have you um, have you ever seen somebody marching around a nightclub at kicking out time, drinking the dregs? I've seen that. I see. I, I'm not <clears> doing <throat> that. Not around a nightclub. No. Risky. Too far too risky. You might yeah. be pissing all sorts in those pint pots. Or worse. Maybe not worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we got sidetracked. But uh, yeah, like I say, it's a bit of a puff piece. There's, there's no great kind of searing journalistic analysis in there but then again it is the Daily Mail so you wouldn't expect that but just interesting to, to see these details being dripped out by mm. the same means as we saw earlier on this year I said this in the summer but can they not just like tell us or do an interview I just sort of think isn't that like a much easier way of doing this mm. just be like yeah we'll speak to you well the problem is is if you go on record as saying we're going to do this this and this it's then held against you whereas if it's drip, dripped out via a friendly journalist or whatever or a an article that you know is going to get clicks for the for the newspaper website in question, then it's easy to do that because it's, arm, it's arm's length, isn't it? It's, it's a step removed. You're not going on record and saying, we're going to do a build, build a big data room. It's essentially how the government do stuff, actually. Yeah. Just tell some friendly journalists what's going to happen and then they actually announce it or discuss it in Parliament and stuff. So, mm. so you, do you want Parag Marate at the dispatch box explaining exactly what he's going to do? I want him down on the beach stopping those boats. Right. It was the mail. I assume they put something in about that. Probably. Probably did. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, Luke Haley being linked to uh, Middlesbrough and Big Sexy Parisian, potentially. Mm. Our centre-back, Pascal, being linked to to PSG. I mean, he should, by rights, live in Paris. I think, didn't he go there in the summer? Oh, he I'm did, sure, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there was some pictures of him looking sexy in Paris. Yeah, it'd suit him. I can I can understand it as a move. Yeah. That he, sh- he should be around other beautiful people rather than the grizzled bastards of Leeds. <laughs> 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 Which we're part of. Clear. I'm not. I'm yeah, not, uh, not setting ourselves apart. No, from God that. no. God dear, no. Dear God no. I mean, imagine having to stand next to Pascal and have a picture taken. Yeah, you be awful. Would you? It'd be awful. <laughs> looking up at him, him looking all broad and handsome. <laughs> Hello, Mister Stroke. All, uh, there's all, all fucking chins and shiny heads. <laughs> <laughs> what? Luke Ayling being linked to Middlesbrough. Oh, it's all sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's sad. I don't think I'm ready for him to go to be fair it's up to him isn't it like, I think that's where I've got to with it if you're happy to hang around and just be a good bloke at Leeds mm. I'm happy for him to still be here I did write in the daily email you know there might be a chance for one last cartwheel you never know mm. and also I do think his kind of experience and know-how probably is valuable off the pitch it's, it's difficult to say as a support because we don't see that impact but Fark has been talking him and Cooper up when they've not been playing and I just sort of think just Keep him around until the end of the year. He has a hype man. It's fine to have a hype man in your dressing room, isn't it? But another reason I think we should keep him for a bit longer is because we don't play a home game for ages. Yeah. And if we're going to sell him, he needs to be able to come on for five minutes and have a le- at least have a little... Cameo. A little round of applause and stuff because I, f- I feel sad that he might just leave. Right. And then we don't see him again. Football's like that though, isn't it? It rarely affords you a, a nice exit. 
and I'm, just, and I'm aware it's... One day you just go out the side exit, don't you? Ridiculous to, to say we just need to keep him for another couple of weeks so we can wave at him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I feel, but I feel like that is what I want. We want to pay you tens of thousands of pounds a week just so we can feel a bit emotionally better. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, I suppose we were just talking then about how you know, a couple of years after winning the title, everyone wanted to put all Wilco stuff in the bin. Got to remember sometimes, Ailing. I don't think Ailing should be in the team. He's clearly now... He's not in the team, is he? He's going to say he's clearly now fourth, fifth choice mm. at right back. He's probably equally about fourth, fifth choice at centre-back. So he isn't, he isn't going to play. But it's not long ago he was amazing. The two years in the Championship under Bielsa and then that first year up, he was almost getting in the England. He was talking about getting yeah. the England team at one point. Yeah. Like his, those few years were so far beyond anything... Luke Ayling probably expected of himself and we expected of Luke Ayling, even though he was, he was always sort of decent before then. But what he managed to pull out of himself in those years was just unreal. <laughs> That's a horrible image, isn't it? <laughs> just, <laughs> just going in there with a hand, a gloved hand. Crikey. <laughs> but yeah, no, he did. And, you know, but I, it I, has I, left him broken. <laughs> not surprised. Very big hands. Uh, I was going to say, I think a theme I might have touched on before is that when you analyse what happened with like Bielsa and why so many people, maybe if it has been over a particular age and, and you came to understand the relationship with Wilco, Rob, through um, through analysing Bielsa, it's just, it comes down to connection, doesn't it? Being connected to people. And there's a great deal of the squad right now that we feel connected to. There's the, you know there's so many lovable like people in there. Some little bastards as well who've done some turncoat things, but we're learning to love again. But we feel a bit an emotional connection to Farker up to a point until he spoiled it recently over Christmas. And then, but the players as well. Whereas if you look at the squad last year, there was no connection there. And I think that's what, when you analyse the Bielsa era and the players that were in it, there's a connection. It's about human connection, mm. isn't it? And none more so than, than Luke Ayling. So it always feels sad to break that connection or to think that it's coming to an end. I mean, it doesn't have to end forever, but... The deep connection as well, because as much as we, look, we love Ruta, for example, now, it's very much like it's. We're in early stages, aren't we? We're yeah. just we're just excited to text in each other. In fact, it's, it's, how, it's infatuation, exactly. It? Whereas yeah. ailing in that that crop, you can go actually. No, there was there was meaningful thing there. There was a a thing was achieved. It was a journey. It yeah. was it was this whole unfolding. It was the ups and downs of the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, let's keep it. It's <laughs> it's one of the things I get frustrated about reading on social media. Though, is that when you see fans who are kind of thinking like a manager or a chief exec and they're going like we can't be sentimental and I think well no we absolutely can we're football fans the whole, <laughs> football the whole is built on it yeah the it? whole yeah. deal of the reason we go to Ellen Road every other week is because we are hugely sentimental about mm. these things so yeah let's just let him hang around for a bit longer and also I think you know the season after we finished ninth we said bye to Pablo Berardi Alioski three players who were like enormous characters in the squad and we spent the following season going Oh fuck! We like we really miss their just know-how and experience, mm. and you sort of think he's got a contract till the end of the summer. Let's use that experience for another six months. It it might be valuable, even if it's just saying things in Archie Gray's ear. Yeah, not pouring poison in his ear, saying you little bastard, don't you break your leg? But like, Liverpool you know. are interested. <laughs> but no, just telling him, you know, how to be a how to be a competent right back. Because even if his body's failing him, I'm sure he understands what's involved in the job. It's not like you suddenly lose all your nouse, is it? Mm. Yeah, but equally, if he wants to go and play football fine yeah yeah which is completely understandable as well because he's not getting any younger is it and potentially when we've seen him recently he's not been great but maybe he needs to actually play more to get back into the groove with it and to get full match fitness and you know try and get back to somewhere close to where he was a couple of years ago so yeah. if he wants to leave i'm happy with that if he wants to stay I'm, I'm happy with that as well just going back to the big sexy parisian 
because we lumped both of these two in together. Where's this price of between 30 and 60 million being talked about? The internet. Right. I think, was it Lekeep that reported that PSG were interested, but they couldn't afford what Leeds were asking? But that whole thing was saying, so they've signed another centre back. Mm. So I don't think we're going to be seeing him in playing with Mbappe anytime soon. It felt like a bit of a strange, uh, almost a strange move, isn't it? Because clearly there's a good player in there somewhere, but we've also seen kind of the worst of him over the last couple of years in much the same way we saw the worst of a lot of, a lot of players mm. in the last stages of the Premier League era. So, I don't know. I must admit, I, didn't, I don't see him as being that level of player. Mm. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, He's good, and he's certainly good in the Championship. But for a team desperate to win the Champions League, he doesn't seem like he's the missing piece them you, I mean, you wouldn't have thought I'm guessing they wouldn't sign him to be their first choice centre half but then no. we do kind of forget that you know when it got to the World Cup last year he was on the fringes of the Holland mm. squad like he's not been doing badly I know by the end of last season I was a bit like should we just sell him for his own sake I think he needs saving mm. from us but um, he's been great this season I like him I suppose that neatly dovetails into talking about Brendan Aronson and doesn't it and the fact that um, he's been given a six month driving ban the naughty little sausage is it Harrogate magistrates have, have banned him um, after ha- he had 10 points on his license for anybody who's abroad you're allowed 12 before you lose it's it it's some going is that mm-hmm. yeah in a short period of time because he was in, he was only in the country for a year wasn't he good going yeah yeah but so, yeah you get you get three points a speeding fine is three points isn't it a standard one is yeah but then if you don't send like your documents back in time or you've exceeded it maybe by a certain amount you can end up getting four right okay so they'll extend so it sounds like he's maybe got two threes and a four points which totted him up to 10. And then, yeah, when you cross 12, that's when you're getting to lose your license territory. You can actually retain your license on 12, um, but you need to be in court for it and like plead with the magistrates and say, I need my license for my job. We've seen how well Brendan's pleading goes. The yeah. referees yeah. probably would be similar. It is. Uh, it's the most Brendan Aronson thing ever to get banned from driving for doing 37 miles an hour, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> yeah. 37 in a 30, wasn't it? Oh, dangerous. Could that's a dangerous speed. Yeah, you were going to say could have killed someone, <laughs> killed but he actually could have done. Could have killed someone. He genuinely could have done. And I know you were making light of it, but he could have done. So don't speed. Don't speed. Well, Brendan won't, will he, anymore? No. Unless no. he's going to go down the route of uh, many a footballer before him and just drive without a license. Yeah. It's, it's so weird, isn't it? Because if I was a footballer earning that much money, I would just pay someone to drive me everywhere. It's right, like, I just had, a, had the exact same just, thought. Just have a driver. Even if I was going to just like the shop down the road, I'd be like, yeah, driver, come on, we're off. Mm. I'm aware from um, from like living and working in Newcastle previously uh, I've been friends up there they're like I can't, which which player was it that just did not give a shit I cannot for the life of me remember which player it was oh no it was St Maximum that's it Alan St Maximum just used to go park anywhere on double yellow lines <laughs> just didn't give a shit about the tickets because it's a 30 or 40 quid yeah, ticket so much is it go to the pharmacy or whatever double yellows just park outside it stroll in ticket yeah fine I'll, I'll just pay it it's irrelevant I'm earning 70 grand a week John Terry was done for parking in disabled base wasn't he a few times yeah I was going to say, didn't Jermaine Pennant, was he like on loan in Spain or something? He just left his car mm. like parked somewhere around. Like, it was like the train it. station or the airport, I think, wasn't it? Just forgot about it. Someone was like, forgot about someone it. got in touch to me, you don't left your car in. He was like, oh yeah. Imagine not giving a shit about like a 30 grand car or whatever. I, just for, I dare say it was worth a lot more than that. Yeah. If it was Jermaine Pennant's because 30 grand is like a, a fairly, you know, a fairly standard Mondeo or something these days, isn't it? So, What's the cheapest car you've bought? It was 600 pounds. 600? 600. How long did it last? Six months. Do you feel like you got value for money? Yeah, I didn't spend anything on it, and then I got two fifty for scrap. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Is that? I'd say. Finally, then we need to say congratulations to Luke Humphreys for beating Luke Littler in the darts, um, which it actually captured the imagination of um, of people around the world. I had people on the west coast of the states 
like messaging me about this. Like, is is this like what British sports like? I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is what it's like. Um, that was fun. So Humphreys is the Leeds fan, who is is he twenty eight? Luke Humphreys and Luke Littler is the one who's sixteen, but looks forty eight, and is a scum child, and is a scum child. Yeah, um, and I did enjoy that. Was it a Facebook posting of uh, Leeds are falling apart again, uh, which was from June twenty twenty three which surfaced immediately upon the conclusion of the World Darts final. But it was an incredible final. And it was nice to see such juvenile partisanship emerge <laughs> around this. Like, just destroying the dreams of a teenage boy. We we really came together as a fan base to tweet, <laughs> make him cry. I wasn't actually watching it, but I got so sick of seeing people tweeting about it and WhatsApp lighting up about it. I was like, I'm going to have to put this on for the last bit. So I, I'm basically the biggest glory supporter going. I watched none of it. You John Terry did Turned it on for like the last 15 minutes, saw him win it. I was like, there we go. Lovely. 100% record watching darts. It's good. But I, I must admit, I do find it fairly engaging, actually, surprisingly. It's a remarkable and unique experience, isn't it? It's, it's kind of a... Does your mind go to like smoky back rooms in pubs when you think about it? Mm. And yeah, it's in this the grand hall at the Alexandra Palace. And it is effectively turned into a gigantic pub. <laughs> of, all, of everyone watching about five square centimetres on a... On a board that is yeah. miles away from them it's like it's you're basically going to watch it on telly aren't you because you can't yeah, see yeah. you can't see the darts actually hitting the board just being in the room i suppose yeah yeah i ended up watching like a youtube stream of it which had like an advert which kind of covered the board but it was slightly <laughs> transparent so i was just sort of watching it through that <laughs> for a bit i actually find the the maths remarkable you know like mm. the announcers mm. who do the maths they just know from watching don't they like from the combinations of the darts or whatever wherever it's landing like 137 and you're like how have you done that mate yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be hours there trying to work out. Asking for a calculator on stage. Like, I need, I need Carry two. I need 121. <laughs> Got to finish on double. Finish on, I, I, I'm, I'm going to probably get about 32 anyway. I'm just going to throw. Say. I'm just going to throw these at the board. <laughs> yeah, you just hit three anyway, don't yeah. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B 2 B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Well, the courtroom is in session again for, for 2024. Um, have we made any changes to our legal proceedings here for the, for the TSB jury when we um, we make decisions, we judge the world of football? You're in charge. Yeah, I want to see how you've changed this over the new year. I'm, oh. looking, I'm looking forward to the way you've revamped it. <laughs> got a... Uh, no, you've had that before. Got a gavel. No, no, that's been there before. Right. What's new? Um, an increased desire to get through this as fast as possible, but in the most entertaining and amusing way as possible. <laughs> well, okay. well... 
persisting with an idea that I came up with to refresh this in the summer that's possibly become laboured already. Mm. Anyway, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award, <laughs> that's up first for you, isn't it? Um, thanks to Levi Solicitors as well for their solid legal advice in how to put this feature together. Do you think they'd want anything to do with it? Nope. No, all right. Nope. Um, Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award, you each need to step up to the legal hockey. Speaking of hockeys, we can finally do hockeys because mm. the darts championship has been in the last few days, hasn't it? And lob some legal darts at, at me, the, ju- the judge. Yeah, fine. The, the public. Yeah. Although one of the lads in the chat that we were in, because James Madison of Spurs fame mm. was in the crowd uh, at the darts final, wasn't he? And there was a, a discussion in the in the WhatsApp group about lobbing a dart at James <laughs> Madison just to see. And I said, it'd be interesting to see how he'd go down given how, how much he goes down clutching and screaming and stuff on a mm. football pitch from the lights better contact. What would a dart do to him? It's, don't find out. No. Oh, God, no. You, you need uh, Joey Barton to join Tottenham to find that out. It was, a, it was a thought experiment, not an actual suggestion. Yeah. Speaking of going down early, you know, I just remembered this. I, after the, the Liverpool-Newcastle game, I went on to find some propaganda and of imagining I would find Liverpool fans saying, oh, he's dived there. That's that's quite embarrassing. Absolutely all of them were sticking by it, saying, no, should, it's not only is it definitely a penalty, it's, uh, it should have been a red card. Right. And I was like, hmm. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more people to be like, oh, um, yeah, that's a really, really strange decision to go down there. I, but, know, yeah, I know the whole backing him. I know the whole premise of like propaganda in this whole show really is about stupid partisanship, but we laugh at it, don't we? And that's ridiculous. The whole, yeah, the, yeah, there was a bit of contact, but fucking hell. Yeah. Come on. Is he, is he nominated, Jota? Or... Uh, no. No. Right. So I mean, it can be. Do you want to nominate somebody then each, uh, each of you? Do you want to go first, Michael? Um, I don't know where to go on it. I mean, well, we're looking. We're looking for one villain of the week. We can assign some petty grievances, take some cheap shots. We've toyed with the idea of being able to throw people under the bus if we need to. I'm tempted to go Wayne Rooney. He's been nominated by a few people, mainly for for being Wayne Rooney, as, as Rory rightly says. Not really a villain, a figure of fun. That's Rory, not Jennings, by the way. Rory, not Jennings. To give him his full name. But is Wayne Rooney getting a championship job again? Some idiot will. Not in the championship. No, mm, I wouldn't be surprised. Back to MLS. Surely no one's giving him another job after this. Football's full of idiots, though, isn't it? They, they've got no, they've got no imagination. I see. I, I think, and I'm going to nominate him because I think this might be our last chance. Right. It's like a Barney Roney wrote for the Guardian that Wayne Rooney's problem is that he's only ever going to get a job, a job at a club that is daft enough to employ Wayne Rooney. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point, but yeah, I mean, he had a, as much as we, we had a good time, so he's not really a villain. I suppose I'm taking into account villainy of the previous 20 years as well. Yeah. He did, he scored at Ellen Road, didn't he? Like in, a Lifetime his, Achievement Award, right? Really. In his very early days for Everton as well. Left, yeah. left Lucas on his ass, which was very unfair. Yeah. Undignified to treat an ageing Lucas like that. And it was it was not really villainous, was it, on the weekend, but it was it was a nice send-off for him. Yeah, I we think, can't, we can't give him Hero of the Week, can we? Exactly. So he needs... He needs it is, it's the Lifetime Achievement Award here, isn't it? I think it probably is, yeah. It's for services to Scum, Derby. Over the years, he's done lots of the, um, being a shit England player mm-hmm. and yeah. also slagging off England uh, as, as the fans Earl, at one point. As the Earl of Sandal has said, Wayne Rooney, the walking advert for type 2 diabetes and being a burden on the NHS. So that, being an advert for, for di- services to diabetes. I don't think that's a service to diabetes. I don't think getting yourself fat is a service to diabetes as such. No. An advocate of diabetes. <laughs> it's not that bad. He's the chief spokesman. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, so the yeah, poster boy. I think purely on the 
the weight of past offences, Wayne Rooney. What I really like is that, uh, and I'm sure you've you you might not pick this up on the recording, but we moved offices several months ago now, and they're doing the snagging list for the common areas just outside, and we can hear banging and drilling. We thought those days were over. It just will never stop the yeah. fucking noise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you won't be able to hear this, and I didn't need to flag it up, but I can hear it, and yeah. it's just it just reminded me of worst times. As does Wayne Rooney, funnily enough, to bring it back to that. Nobby says, yeah, it's Rooney for being Rooney. Uh, being a useless manager, but still being dislikable. Yeah, I mean, to not come out and just when be sacked and say, yeah, I deserved that. <laughs> to say, oh, I needed more time. Not enough time. More time, would you get worse. Not enough time to make a difference. I, th- I think you did make a difference, Wayne. Mm. Huge quite, difference. quite a big difference. Yeah, really. yeah. 14 and, places in the table. And quickly as well. Because yeah. sometimes managers come in and they, it'll, you think, oh, it might take a couple of months for them to turn this around. Like flicking a switch, what, wasn't it, Rooney? What was he there for? Was it 13 weeks he was there? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so he's essentially dropped one league place every single week. <laughs> Astonishing. Yeah. I mean, all the points Birmingham have got, more or less, were already on the board before he got there. Yep. They'd be rock bottom if it had, the table had started by the time he got there, I think. I do wish. Like, it is funny that he's been sacked, but I do wish they'd have given him longer, just to mm. see how badly it could have gone. And uh, Paddy Bamford's guaranteed golden boot suggests Wayne Rooney's coat big enough to hide a thousand sins. Room right, to then. grow. Room to grow. Yes. So, I mean, he's only a few years away from turning up in the old Steve Evans, Giacomo, stitched on badge one, isn't he? It's, it's Rooney. Just to continue the Simpsons references, it's when like when Homer starts wearing uh, a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you want to nominate somebody then? Maybe this is more throwing someone under a bus, but it's been, I suppose it's been a little while since we've done this and probably the thing that I've been most annoyed at was Jesse Marsh talking about Leeds United again and particularly his interview, was it with The Telegraph, which started off by saying, Jesse Marsh hasn't done much talking since he's been sacked as Leeds manager. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought, that's it's all Jesse Marsh does. He, he goes on the telly, he goes on podcasts, he does... Say some stuff without saying anything. Exclusive interviews every week. CBS have platformed him in the United States with a podcast. Mm, it's that? not great, is it? But I think, of all the things Jesse Marsh has said that have annoyed me, him suggesting Leeds were wrong to sack him by saying everything was coming together after the winter break last season when we didn't win a league game under him. Probably the most stupid thing he said in, like, mm. about his time at Leeds. So I think if that's your defence, Jesse, fucking hell. It was turning around. It was just about, it was just about to turn around. Yeah, it was just, it was just turning. That, that un- completely undisprovable thing. Yeah. He, I mean, we did hear from him on Propaganda this week um, ahead of Brendan's driving ban, actually, wasn't he? Mm. He was advocating that Brendan needs to be more fearless and be more of a son of a bitch. Right. And a driving ban is a good start to that. Yeah. Just That's... like really show yourself as a bad boy. Yeah. By going 37 in a 30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the most meek bad boy move of all time. Well, got him a ban, didn't it? Yeah. Some uh, good candidates there, I think. Uh, I'm definitely at this stage leaning towards the Rooney suggestion, like I say, on a, on a sort of a lifetime achievement basis, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame almost, mm. isn't it? Hall of Shame, if you like. Um, what else has been sent to us and anybody else you want to give a mention to? A couple of nominations from Andy and um, Harrison who both nominated, not the same person, but essentially the same. The, the people that you sat near in the stadium, uh, people who are getting really cross. Right. Even though we were winning 3-0, which does happen. So he says, the old fellow a few seats long from me against Birmingham. Every single pass, cross, tackle, shot was met, met with a derisory. Wrong move, you fucking idiot, or similar. He was genuinely banging the wall in front of him in a rage when Perot's free kick went over. We were 3-0 up and it was the last game in the game. <laughs> It's nuts, isn't it? I think those two defeats have made everyone a little bit edgy. Yeah. And so you just want to see perfection in a game. But you didn't need that against Birmingham. Just turning up 
was a, was about enough. Wasn't but it? I think it's it's a universal thing, isn't it? Like so I, w- I went to that um, you know the um, Man City Leipzig Champions League game. Hmm. Get tickets easily enough. It's cheap enough. Went over to that and I just sat next to a woman who'd clearly been. She was she was in her what I was going to say seventies maybe, maybe slightly older I think, and she'd clearly seen the lot in terms of Man City. You know she must have been there back in the main road days, and she complained incessantly about everything, even though you're watching. <laughs> Jack Grealish, 100 million quid. Erling Haaland, the best number nine in the world there. Uh, you know, Bernardo Silva doing Bernardo Silva things. Every single thing that they did was wrong mm. and she moaned about incessantly. And I wanted to say to her, I wanted to tap her on the shoulder and say, listen, if you think this is bad, try being a Leeds fan for the last 20 years and then you've experienced some lows. You know, mm. it's not too bad now. It's been better. It's also been a lot worse. You've had it a lot. You've seen a lot worse. You've seen Man City be a joke of a team and you've got this ridiculous... Uh, honestly, it staggered me. Maybe she realises it's all meaningless. Yeah. Struggling th- with it. I think they all do because the atmosphere was flat as a fart. It made me really proud. I mean, Ellen Road's not been great at times this season, but when it's been good, it's been absolutely outstanding. Wayne but- Rooney actually did spice up the atmosphere quite mm, a bit, I yeah. thought, on the, just because it's get a figure of fun don't you so yeah. we can, you can go out from the first minute I was one thing or another I was going to say there's a shout for Blues TV uh, for Colin Crescencio Somerville Summerfield um, and I was watching the second half sounds like a detective series you see on ITV too <laughs> used to be a supermarket didn't it Summerfield mm. yeah I was watching the second half on their on that feed and they also called Willie Nonto Willie Noto which I liked um, but also I did actually enjoy it because when the whole stadium was singing Wayne Rooney's name and singing you're getting sacked in the morning they were just trying the best to ignore it and talking about like whoever was playing in midfield for them or something <laughs> that was a, gl- a glorious moment wasn't it like you just uh, all eyes on the stadium just focused on him everyone's looking at him just to see how he reacts and there's nothing you can do as a manager but stand there and take it <laughs> just stand there and take it in your shame now he takes the compensation well yeah anybody else Birmingham related or is, uh, is that all you're picking I, I mean or? Junior Furpo does get one nomination from Jelly says of course he's fitting as a stormer at the point in the January transfer window just in time to be our solution for the perpetual left back issue you might, you might you lot might as well put out a mug now that'll no doubt fucking smash early February <laughs> no he did well the junior on the attacking bit hmm. I, I, I fear about his long term prospects but he was fine on, against Birmingham I did turn mostly. on the, I did turn on the second half just as he was falling over and the attacker was getting in behind him. I was like, oh no. Yeah, we've seen this movie before. On Birmingham, it's Bakuna and Stroud. Yeah. Sort of a joint thing. Well, obviously Stroud's got his own uh, separate list of crimes. Yeah. But Bakuna is just fouling all the time. I I did check actually, did five five fouls in the game. He didn't get a yellow card. Right. Which was Stroud's fault because he was distracted. Yeah. Thinking about thinking about his his, his Christmas ham. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Michael. Uh, anyone else you want to take either a cheap shot at or anything like that? Or should we, uh, should we spin on and, and, and pick a winner that's that's definitely Wayne Rooney? That's fine by me. Yeah, are you happy with that, Rob? You're fine to accept that? Yeah, the Lifetime Hall of Shame seems fair. Superb. This might be the fi- first time we've awarded like a Lifetime-based award, I think, isn't it? A totting up, if you like, actually, mm. which taps back into the old, the old Stroud issue. Uh, right, all right. Um, where are we in terms of like player of the year now then so we've got several more games over the uh, the Christmas break to factor into this and we will as we try to award hero of the week now we'll factor these scores into it a real mixture of scores yeah ranging from uh, what's the highest of the period I think we got a 9.07 with Somerville against Ipswich down as low as a 2.1 for Melier in his red card game so yeah it's been it's been a mixed bag but we've from that has emerged 
a new candidate for player of the year. Right. Chris Clarkson, ah, se- second place. Right. One so, game, 7.03. Right. Which is neck and neck with Dan James and Joe Roden. We've both done 22. So if he can, if he can play all right against Peterborough, he's mm-hmm. in with a chance. Yeah. Wow. And if, and if we have a really bad end to the season or Somerville is... Actually, Somerville being sold would probably be his best bet for, for winning this. Right. In January. <laughs> is that what you're advocating for? Because then, then he's, he's 7.28 will be locked in, won't it? Um, but yeah, it's interesting. interesting. We just need to slowly drag the scores down. Like, yeah, it is the one consolation that if this season just goes to shit now, our player of the year might be Chris, uh, Chris Clarkson, which part of me would enjoy quite a lot. <laughs> but yeah, the, the players of the match in the games over Christmas, Somerville for Ipswich, Strout for Preston, Rodon for West Brom, and then Ruter for Birmingham. Yeah, but a range of Scott, I mean, like Rodon as man of the match for West Brom got 5.75 out of 10. Whereas, uh, you know, you're talking, like, say, North and nine for the Ipswich game and 8.66 for Ruta against and, Birmingham. Yeah. And I mean, every, when we win, the thing is, when we win, everyone everyone does well because who was the least, like, who played the least minutes in that game? Gruev, probably. He got 6.44, which was more than Rodon got as man of the match <laughs> against West Brom. <laughs> and he, I think he came on for, did he come on for like 10 minutes or something? Probably got booked. Right. So, you know. Well, we'll factor all that in or at least pretend to when we award the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week award now then. Hero of the Week, just one of those we can pick out of the candidates. We can give some formal commendations. We can doff the cap if we like as well. So um, where do you want to start? I would like to nominate Georgie Rutter. I know it seems like an obvious choice, but he's been the most fun thing about Christmas because even in those defeats, we had him dribbling from one penalty area to the other at Mm. Preston and he's just generally ace he looks like he's having the most fun in the world while he's doing it he was brilliant at the weekend and also after the Ipswich game I saw him in town and he wished me Merry Christmas and it was genuinely the happiest moment of my life (laughs) I was so giddy take us through the full interaction so I was it was I think he was walking towards John Lewis I don't know if he was doing some like last minute Christmas shopping or something but it was just on his own just casually John Lewis what's the most outrageous thing you own in here he, he still believes yeah, <laughs> he's not doing shopping. He's like, I've written the, I've written my letter. Every, if everyone's written the letters, everything's going to be fine. He's got his Santa police stop here sign outside. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just walking on his own. Uh, nobody was bothering him. And I've written about, uh, I've written about it for the blog because it's funny when you see Leeds players out of context, like out in the wild. And I often think, oh, I, I shouldn't really bother him because it, it's probably a pain in the ass. I, I get the sense that Jorginho loves being like seeing people saying, "Oh, Georgie, you, yeah, you're great," and whatever. Well, yeah, we just beat an Ipswich four 0 Everything felt great. I was quite drunk, and he walked past me, and before I even knew, I was like, "Georgie, Georgie," <laughs> and he looked over, and I realised I didn't know what to say, so I just gave him a little lead salute, and he just started giggling and wished me a Merry Christmas, and I was like, "Oh, I love you," <laughs> and then I was a bit like, "Should I? Can I follow him?" Because it dawned on me afterwards, <laughs> "Can I follow?" Well, it dawned him? on me afterwards. I was wearing a pin badge, and it's a little rabbit poking its head out of the top hat and it says Leeds of Magic and I was like should I run after him and give him this and I was like nah it's just a bit weird isn't it <laughs> so I opted against it chasing, chasing a young man around Leeds City Centre just gets witnessed him immediately put it in a bin <laughs> oh, thanks very much see ya mercy buku off you go but yeah it was genuinely amazing the um, the clip that the club shared of him was nice when I don't even know at what point in the game it was but there's just a ball played out to him on the mm. right wing and he could just control it normally but because he's Jorginho, he does the little backwards flick thing with it when he gets it, and you think that's just him all over. Yeah. We're just doing it. Why, you, why have you done that? That'd be fun. It's it's great because obviously Farker was saying after the game that you know he needs to not take the piss with his tricks and whatever. 
But he did that touch right after Farker had got a round of applause for his touch. And I think he's just pissed Farker off with like stealing his thunder, basically. Just having a having a bit of a laugh at Farker's yeah. expense. He's just he is. He reminds me of me as a kid enjoying football as a kid. And you remember he is a kid, just having the time mm. of his life. He's, he had a shit time when he first got here, thrown completely to the wolves, trying to you know, as as the guy thrown into this situation to try and save us, completely out of his out of his depth in his comfort zone at that point, and then slowly but surely he's just turned it round, and he's just having a great time, and he makes me so happy watching him. As Philip says, I hope he stays forever and then manages us for decades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's not care. Too, it's not too much to hope for, is it? I mean, even if, even if we end up in non-league, if Jorginho Ruto was in the dugout, just smiling and having a laugh every week, I I'd love it. I think for a non-league, we're not going to be enjoying his managerial stint. No, oh, no, would it have gone as, bad? As he's what if we plummeted through the leagues with him <laughs> giggling his way, still bringing himself on as a sub. <laughs> oh dear me! Yeah, but I enjoy his. I enjoy his playing for football for now. So that's enough. Yeah, it's all yeah. we can ask of Leeds footballers, isn't it? Yeah, enjoy the here and now and be nice to us. Yeah, Patrick Bamford. He's my he's my nomination. Yeah, because it's his best game in two years. Right, because that's as far back as our data goes. Uh, yeah, eight point zero five was his score, and he, he did get higher in cup games. That's his highest league score for ages, and he was actually good. Hit the post, which in had he not scored, you see that hitting the post, and you go, "Ah, oh, oh, Pat Bamford, Bamford. he's never going to score because he's scored." You go, "No, he, he didn't do badly there. It was yeah. a good effort." And it, and it wasn't a chance where you'd necessarily say he should be putting that in. He just, you know, he, he put his foot through it at that particular moment, and he was a bit unlucky, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think the other thing which is important, that Jez has highlighted as well, for not being a dick when he scored, just looked genuinely happy when he scored. There was no ear cupping, there was no like fingers in ears, no sort of angry gesture or anything, just happy. Just, yeah. just be pleased with it. As a secondary nomination, I want to nominate Ruta again for the way that he celebrates goals. Because mm. mm. if you see, like, if you look at like the artwork that we've used for like the podcast after the Birmingham game, it's of Ruta doing the point mm. above, um, above Bamford's head. And it's... Uh, it's a thing of beauty. He's having, he's having a nice time looking at all his mates having a nice time and I think he's rubbing off on the rest of them. And you saw it when, you went, when he went down the tunnel and saw Stuart Dallas in there. Was it Dallas who chastised him for doing the flick? Even though the flick had happened ages ago. It's like, very careful that Georgie, you know? But uh, beautiful. Beautiful footballer. Anyway, yeah, we're, think, think, we're talking about Pat Bamford here. Yeah. yeah. Why do you not want him to win? Because <laughs> I love Jorginho Ruto. Yeah, I mean, this, this, that's a fair point, I suppose. But yeah, I thought it was just, it was the most useful we've seen Bamford for a long time. Yeah. Which I think was the, in some ways, reassuring. But he needs to follow it up, I suppose, as well, doesn't he? And he scored your basic championshipy goal, which you've he been did. asking for. Yeah. Just yeah. A, just a big header at the back post. RTF. You want that big, were it, really? RTF. Yeah, to lean. He was, he was a good, yeah, he got he a lot was of, a, he was a good leap. RTF Ufkin mentions Chris Class and our new potential player of the year candidate. Mm. Uh, for being reasonably good today and looking like a drummer from an early 90s. I think that's supposed to say new metal band, but it says bi-metal band, B- mm. by metal band. But I think that's the old autocorrect, that, isn't it? Yeah, it was a surprise, that haircut. Yeah. Seemed, a, bit, a bit like Pat Bamford's as well. Seemed to work. Any other people you want to mention? I like uh, Nigef's nomination of Junior Furpo. All it says is if he could defend, he'd be worth £50 million. <laughs> I have, just sorry to return to Georgie again, but if he could finish, he'd be worth £100 million, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be playing for us if no. he could finish, <laughs> no, quite frankly. True. This is true. This is true. Rodon needs a nomination as well. I think Andy says um, organized, and, organized and covered for Cooper Furpo and Archie Gray as a one man back four. That's not a slight on the other three, but he's just so consistently good. Yeah. Um, and he's absolutely right because he does, I think, by being the fastest of them, he just seems to always be the one who charges across and snuffs out danger. So, yeah, he's uh, 
feel like we could have probably done with that last year when we were looking very slow at the back and needed a hell of a lot of cover mm. because the fullbacks were elsewhere. Mm. And well, speaking of last year, Andy does go on to say, if we have to let him leave to pay Verber's wages after Rodon heads in the winner in the playoff final, I'm going to shit in Jesse Marsh's bins, <laughs> which is fair enough. Are we giving some formal commendations to the, the Birmingham lot for, for keeping Wayne Rooney? Yes. Yeah, for keeping him for at least until we can... Because it was unfair, really, of him to make us face John Eustace earlier in the year. Mm. So they're gonna, but they, And I've checked their fixtures, actually. They still have to play Ipswich and Southampton. So we've... Get, so, get your act together now. So, and it's not till I think it's end of I think it's end of Feb, start of March. They're playing back to back. So if they get a good manager in now, there's time to get them organised for those. I really hope they hire Jesse Marsh. I think that would also be funny. Mm. Do we want them to be good and not take points off people we need? It's or? tough, isn't it? How, it? how it lines up with our moral compass. Although I suppose if they were to hire Marsh, he wouldn't be able to come back to Ellen Road, would he? So they've missed that boat. Mm. Mm. Oh, that would be really poisonous. So well done to Jorginho Ruta for being our hero of the week. Are we, are we rolling with that? I think so. I think it's fair enough. Yeah, fine. Well, there you go. That does wrap up the show for uh, for this week. Hope you've had fun. Thank you for joining us. And uh, let's go uh, drive at 30 and 30, shall we, on our way home? Like good boys. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast.